This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Hello, friend. Thanks for joining today. Today, hot topic, what the hell causes weight gain? Of course, the hell part isn't necessarily in the title, but you get the the drift. Now, with this one, I have to be honest. We have to we have to disclose something here. Um, my disclosure is that there are no absolutes when it comes to weight gain, fat gain, things like that. Generally speaking, there's going to be a little bit of an energy imbalance in terms of what you're bringing in energy wise, i.e., food versus what you're you're expending what you're what you're spending uh, with your energy. So this is going to be through exercise, through neat and things like that. We're going to talk about that because I'm going to break down metabolism and the parts metabolism without nerding out too much because I do want you to pay, pay attention and I don't want to lose you <laughs> with this episode today because I know that this can be a real big rabbit hole for a lot of folks to go down. But weight gain ultimately we need to go ahead and first of all differentiate between weight and fat gain because those are two different things. And I cannot emphasize this enough. Your weight scale is a liar. Okay. Sure. It tells you what's going on in your particular day. The day that you hop on the scale, it will tell you your relationship with gravity and everything like that. But it's not the, it's not everything. It's not telling you the entire truth. And today I want to, I want to hopefully break everything down and make it a little bit more clear for you to understand the parts of the, the metabolism and the parts that can impact weight gain and fat gain. Now, what I mean when I say weight gain versus fat gain is there's a difference. Sure. You can hop on the scale. Uh, you know, I'll use myself as an example, especially when I was really, uh, diligently tracking macronutrients and, and really getting some things fine tuned for, uh, my racing season in 2016, when it comes to mountain biking racing season, I, I wasn't road, uh, running or trail running at that point. Um, I had given that up, but I was mountain biking and that was probably my last like a legitimate racing season season rather. And, um, when I was dialing things in, I was weighing myself fairly frequently. I am female. I am a menstruating individual. I do have a regular menstruation. Like I swear to goodness, like 29, 30 days. It's like a, it's like a clock. Um, and it's been like that ever since I can remember ever since really I've, I've been bleeding. So sorry if that's TMI, but this is, Hey, this is the part of the conversation we need to have because we need to not be ashamed of talking about this stuff. Um, but yeah, I was weighing myself fairly frequently, so I'd say at least three times a week just because I'm menstruating. And that's the thing is no matter how dialed my nutrition was and how how healthfully I was eating, I was eating very well in terms of just more whole foods, lots of fruits and vegetables, lots of protein. I was just eating very well. A little bit less protein, a little bit less processed foods rather. Definitely not less protein. I was eating really good protein, a uh, good amount of protein rather. But, you know, it doesn't matter. The week before I started menstruating, the scale would jump up. You used to drive me crazy at first. And keep in mind, I was a coach back then. And like, I knew that that was normal. 
but it's still hard to kind of let go of that 1980s mentality or whenever you might have been influenced with this mentality of less is more and smaller is better and blah, 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 blah. And what's funny is in 2016, I was actually trying to gain weight and really bulk and put on a lot of muscle, which I did do successfully, uh, you know, by counting macronutrients, just working out and lifting like crazy. So, or lifting a lot, I should say, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get better about not using the word crazy and things like that. But here's the thing. It's hard to break those habits, those those societal norms that people just, you know, automatically throw at you and expect you to embrace and, you know, and go about your day. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you that less is not more. And I want you to be to be big and like take up space both physically, mentally, spiritually, everything. I want you to be the strongest version of you and that doesn't necessarily mean strength in terms of muscular strength. It means everything. I want you to feel like you're at your best and your strongest. And that doesn't mean that you can, you know, squat a hundred pounds more than your friend or whatever. Because again, comparison, I try to leave it alone. But small doesn't mean better. Just like fat gain is not equal to weight gain, weight gain is not equal to fat gain. All right. So keep that in mind because yes, you can gain fat and not necessarily gain weight on the scale. That is a possibility. I know that it's probably a little bit more rare, but it is a possibility. So please know today's discussion, hey, it's going to be very generalized, uh, very broad, but there's a reason for that because the scale is a liar in your life. It doesn't give you a clear picture, okay? Weight gain does not equal fat gain, period. Hell, I remember writing uh, a blog about this back in 2017 because I was just so passionate about this topic. And, you know, it was early on, right after I had started Shift Human Performance, uh, actually at the time it was Meru Wellness, it was a different name. Um, yeah, if you didn't know, my my company used to have a different name a few years ago. I rebranded a couple years ago, uh, right around the pandemic. So yeah, I'm here to tell you, let's, let's figure this out together, all right? So grab my hand, I'm gonna grab your hand, and I'm gonna walk you through metabolism first. We're just going to cover the basics because having a basic understanding of your metabolism is really going to trickle down in understanding everything else. And just in terms of like weight gain versus fat gain and all of that fun stuff. Okay. So your metabolism is made up by four different things. Okay. Four different things. First thing, your BMR, which is your basal metabolic rate. If you're in Europe, it's basal metabolic rate. Uh, so regionally the pronunciation could be a little bit different. For, for those of you listening elsewhere. So your BMR is probably something that you've heard already. This is the amount of calories that your body basically burns at rest. So while you're sitting on the couch, while you're breathing, just eating, you're just being, okay? You just being alive is your BMR. Now your BMR roughly is about 70% of your metabolism. It makes up 70% total of your metabolism, I should say. Second part of your metabolism um, is your NEAT. An EAT, which is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. There is no regional pronunciation differentiation with that as far as I know, <laughs> but your NEAT is really neat. And uh, dad joke there, but the amount of, this is basically the amount of calories that your body burns through normal daily activity, including just you walking around, you um, doing some chores and errands, cooking, cleaning, not maybe not cleaning, um, but like fidgeting, just how you are. All right, how you naturally carry yourself without any added 
type of, you know, increase in activity, you know, purposefully, AKA exercise. So that's your neat. So we have, again, BMR, then your neat. That, your neat, by the way, is about, um, estimates are right around 15% of your metabolism total for the day. Then there's the third part, which is your TEF, T-E-F, your thermic effect of food. This is the amount of calories that your body burns through digestion. You're often going to hear folks talk about how protein burns the most calories through digestion, which is true. There is not a false or a uh, untruth about that. Uh, you know, hashtag fake news. There's nothing like that. That is valid, which is why one of the reasons why eating protein and making sure that you're eating ample protein is good. It's a positive thing and also helps with fat loss and things like that, as well as muscle gain. Win-win, right? Now your TEF, your, your thermic effect of food, TEF rather, is about 10% of your metabolism. So Look at this. We have your BMR at 70%, your NEAT at 15%. That's 85% right there if my maths are right. And then add another 10% for TEF. Cool, that brings you to a whopping 95%. What the hell is the last 5%? Are you telling me the last 5% is all of that crap I do for exercise, activity, all of that effort that I put forth? Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I shouldn't say I'm sorry. I should say I'm sexy. But I, I apologize because that is the kind of the shitty news in all of this. Because the fourth and final part of your metabolism is your eat. <laughs> eat your heart out, E-A-T, which is exercise activity thermogenesis. Sounds a lot like the non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is the bulk. So your NEAT is 15% of your metabolism versus your measly 5% of your metabolism through purposeful exercise that the eat exercise activity thermogenesis that's the amount of calories that your body burns of course through any type of purposeful movement or exercise again five percent of your metabolism five percent i want that to be your takeaway so far in this conversation that we've already had, and we're about 10 minutes in, which is awesome. Uh, I I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time because you know how I can ramble because I get excited about this shit. But please know that you can influence how many calories that you burn in each of these, uh, I don't know what you want to call them, like categories or something like that, but only to a certain degree. So please know that you can only control a certain amount of that, all right? Of course, walking, like you're neat, you can definitely control that a lot more easily than everything else when you think about it. I'm going to say that again. You're neat, which is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. This is the amount of calories that your body burns through normal daily activity. That is the easiest one practically to manipulate. And that's about 15% of your metabolism because that's going to be the one that you can choose to walk 30 30 more minutes that day. You can choose to add another 3,000 steps to your daily step count, which is about 30 minutes of walking, by the way, in case you were curious, (laughs) just in case. Um, It's just something that you can easily do without completely hammering yourself with another HIIT workout or doing another 60 minutes on the bike or doing intervals or doing whatever. Let's keep adding to the list and stressing our body out and increasing our cortisol to just an unhealthy range because then you're not recovering. See how this is all kind of connected? But still, you can influence how many calories you burn in each of these, like, you know, uh, categories, I guess you would call them, but only to a certain degree. 
First of all, like for example, your BMR. You can increase your BMR by lifting weights, by building lean tissue, which is your muscle, your muscle mass. And lifting weights is the magical potion. This is one reason why I am so gung-ho for doing some sort of strength training in addition to your conditioning training that you're doing, especially if you're a mountain biker, but especially if you're female and especially if you're aging, which all of us are aging. I don't know of anyone not aging. Uh, Benjamin Button, maybe. I don't know. Um, Brad Pitt, really. He's not aging. Uh, but no, actually, I think Jennifer Aniston is, is not aging compared to Brad Pitt. But anyways, that's a whole other argument. But seriously, your BMR, if you want to increase your basal metabolic rate, lift some damn weights. And you don't even have to lift heavy weights. You just have to do some sort of strength training and increase your protein, preferably, to target some muscle building. All right? More muscle you have, the more calories you can technically burn at rest as well as while you're working out. So it's a win-win. Plus, guess what? You're making your body more resilient, more durable, all of that stuff. All right? You can also increase your neat, like I talked about before, just by moving more. You know, uh, again, set a, set a higher daily step goal and go for it. You know, my minimum that I, I urge all of my clients to hit at a minimum is like 55 to 5,600 feet or steps per day, not feet, <laughs> 55 to 5,600 steps per day. And the reason for that is because studies have shown that that is actually the point at which we become a little bit, we, um, I don't want to misword this. We might not be as prone to depression. All right. I don't want to say that wrong or have someone say, Jen, that's not completely true, but I don't have a study in front of me right now. And I actually didn't put it in my notes, my little bullet points in front of me. So I don't have the specifics off the top of my head, but that is a good rule of thumb because if you move less than that, guess what? You're going to feel a little bit more angsty. You're going to feel a little bit less happy. You're not moving. The human body is meant to move in whatever capacity is it is able to move. Of course, you know, speaking from an able-bodied perspective and keeping in mind that not all of my listeners are fully able-bodied and, you know, please know you can increase your need by doing other things. If you're not able to walk, if you're more bed bound, like I, my, my mother, then yeah, you're going to move your, your arms a little bit more. You're going to move other parts of your body is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So I already talked about how you can increase your BMR, how you can increase your NEAT. Next on the list is your TEF, your TEF, thermic effect of food. You can increase this by eating more food a little bit, but also again, like I said earlier, protein, because it does burn more calories through digestion as compared to like fats and carbohydrates and bonus, like I said a moment ago, it does help build that lean tissue that you want to help increase your BMR. So boom, this is like, this is freaking exciting, right? There's things you can do with your metabolism. You can manipulate it. Your metabolism is flexible. You're not stuck at a certain metabolic rate, okay? You're not broken. Then last but not least, you can increase your EAT, which is your exercise activity thermogenesis, by moving more intentionally, you know, exercising more, doing some more workouts. But please know that you're not really going to make that ginormous, massive difference by increasing your exercise more and more and more and more and more and more, right? Because 
in, in the grand scheme of things, again, that's only 5% of your metabolism. So let's go after the other things. Again, you can, you can increase your metabolism and support it by lifting weights to help you build more muscle, help you burn more calories and things like that. You can move more throughout the day, try to increase that step count for the day and, and go after it. And then also try to eat more protein. Now, of course, doing just one of these singularly won't make a massive difference, but collectively they can really help you trigger some good metabolic changes. Now I will say out of the three, again, I'd say lifting weights and just moving more throughout the day are going to be the biggest game changers. Okay. So I want you to really keep that in mind because that is definitely some things that you can do. You know, to increase your metabolism, it's not necessarily going to be a matter of like eating six or more meals a day or taking certain, you know, uh, supplements or, you know, I don't know, just all this crap that you see some of these influencers tout because they, they sell these products. Of course they sell these supplements, um, you know, do ice baths or drink, drink, uh, ice in your water. I'm trying to think of other things. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, I already talked about eating multiple meals a day, kind of like the old bodybuilder mentality and stuff like that. Just know again, metabolism is flexible. Those are the four components of your metabolism. Okay. So now that you know what makes up your metabolism, let's talk about weight gain. What the heck causes weight gain? When you look at those pieces of metabolism, the thing that can cause weight gain, when you think about it, great. Haven't not, not exercising, not, not moving your body intentionally. That's going to have an impact. Not, uh, moving more throughout your day in terms of neat, not walking more, you know, not basically being desk bound. That's going to cause some weight gain. If you, if you're, if you're just not moving around enough, even if you're exercising intensely, it's still going to impact your, um, metabolism is still going to impact your, your caloric burn for the day, basically. And then, um, other things, you know, like if you're not eating enough protein, sure. That can have an impact as well. Uh, it won't necessarily cause weight gain, but it can help, you know, it, it can influence how your body does focus on its caloric burn. All right. Because again, we want you to lift weights preferably and then move more and be more intentional with that movement and all that stuff. So please know these are intentional, uh, and we want you to be intentional behind that movement, or I want you to, you to be more intentional behind that daily movement. Um, so now you understand metabolism. And when you look at this, you know, what does cause weight gain? There are things outside of these things that I've talked about metabolism wise that can influence the metabolism. Okay. Daily weight gain can, can fluctuate, Due to a variety of things, like earlier I talked about hormones, I also talked about, um, or I, I will talk about rather, hydration, your hydration level, your water balance, your electrolyte load, especially sodium. Like if you happen to have a good a big old can of beans, or if you ate out, uh, guess what? You're probably holding on to a little bit more water weight, and really what your weight gain is reflecting is just water weight gain, so not even fat gain. So back to my original point, weight gain does not equal fat gain. Okay. We, I really want that, that point to be driven home. Now, if you are eating a little bit more carbohydrates as well, that's going to increase your weight a little bit because again, carbohydrate carbs retain more water as compared to fats and proteins. So keep that in mind. Another thing is lack of sleep, stress, increase in stress, a difference in climate 
and I'm sure a variety of other factors, but those are the ones that are going to be really standing out. And I do want to, I do want to point out that in order for you to gain a pound of fat, for example, you would generally speaking, have to eat a surplus of 3,500 calories to eat a surplus of 3,500 calories is a lot. So please know that if you gain like three pounds in one day, no, you did not eat 3,500 times three. <laughs> I should not be trusted to do math right now. Uh, seven, eight, nine, so like 10,500 calories. That's a lot. That's a lot. Go to YouTube and watch a video of someone eating 10 calories, 10,000 calories in a day. It's a lot of food. And please know that that has to be your surplus, meaning that's that's in addition to what your body will burn considering all of your metabolic you know, categories here, things that influence your, your metabolism like I just talked about. It's a lot. I need, I need to take a break. But again, are you eating a surplus of 3,500 calories in a day? I mean, even with a burger and fries and a milkshake, that's still going to be putting, putting you in maybe about like 1200 calories or so, depending on what and where you're eating and how big the burger and like how big the order of fries and stuff. So like, please know this is all relative, but, um, you know, if you're having a burger, fries and, and a shake and that's one meal and that's 1200 calories, maybe tops ish. And you know, of course it depends on cheese and sauce and all that other stuff, but like then you're having a couple of other meals that are probably like three to 500 calories each. So you're still eating like 2,500 calories for the day. That's for the whole day. That is not anywhere close to the 3,500 calories surplus because most people probably need to be eating anywhere between like 1,700 to 2,500 or more calories a day just to maintain their current body weight. So just to give you like a broad brush stroke on things, that way you can stop freaking out anytime you see any type of weight gain on the freaking scale. Uh, I'm going to link in the show notes because this reminds me of like an, uh, another podcast episode I did, gosh, early on. It was probably like episode like 10 or something because I got so adamant and I think it was called like, fuck the scale. Uh, I'll link it in the show notes because I remember uh, being so emotionally driven during that episode. And, you know, it's because of, you know, recent conversations I had had with friends and clients and things like that, that I was really motivated to talk about this topic because it's again, so passionate. And this is probably going to be a topic I will talk about every year because this is important to talk about how weight gain does not equal fat gain, but what does cause fat gain? I mean, weight gain, I did talk about all of those things. All right. Already hydration, water balance, electrolyte load, especially sodium, carb intake, hormones, lack of sleep, stress, climate, yada, yada. There are a lot of things other than just, you know, shoving food in your pie hole that cause weight gain. So please know and be realistic with yourself and be gentle with yourself. Don't worry about that number on the scale. You're going to want to look at trends over time anyways. Okay. Because please know that, you know, for me personally, I find, oh my goodness, if I am overly stressed or I have a ridiculous lack of sleep, I will see some weight gain even in myself. And definitely with my clients, especially with stress, because usually with stress comes less sleep and then you forget to hydrate because you're so stressed. You forget to eat properly because you're so stressed. And by properly, please know I'm not doing the whole good food versus bad food malarkey. Uh, <laughs> I had to channel my, my Joe Biden, but there is a difference and you know, it does impact it differently for everyone. 
but stress and lack of sleep can definitely, definitely cause some sort of weight gain. All right. So please, please do try to aim for that seven hours of sleep as best as you can. Because again, it can really, really uh, change things for you. And between that and stress management, I feel like that coupled with some mindful eating or mindful approaches to your eating, especially when you're eating out or you're eating at holidays and things like that, those things can really play a big role in helping you with your weight gain and making sure that it's not necessarily going to be turning into fat gain per se, okay? So, talked about metabolism. Awesome. Hopefully you you know a little bit more about what makes up your metabolism. And, you know, I now talked about those things that can cause weight gain, because again, weight gain does not equal fat gain. I'm going to repeat that constantly in this episode. And, uh, you know, I think when you know and you're aware of what can cause weight gain, then that's so empowering because then you can look at the number on the scale. If you do happen to weigh yourself, if that is a thing and it's not triggering for you, great. But the next time you look at that number on that scale, great. You can pause and just be like, Hey, it's cool. Jen, we're good. We're good. We're good. I didn't eat, you know, $3,500 or $3,500. I didn't eat 3,500 extra calories. And you can, you can be rational with yourself. Because that's what happens is when sometimes we weigh ourselves, our irrational brain takes over and then we become just wild. We become like, I want to say manic, but I'm trying not to use that word. Uh, We just become so obsessed and frustrated and then we become mad. And it's like you think that you did it and it was your fault and you're a failure. And I'm trying to think of other things I've heard people say. Just insert whatever phrase you usually tell yourself when maybe the weight scale goes up. Just know you're, you're not that number. Okay. You're really not. Um, in all honesty, you are actually the, the lightest number that you recently were. So if you've taken your weight in the past week or so, I'd say like week or two weeks, maybe, especially if you're a menstruating individual, um, and you had a lighter number and now it's like maybe up a little bit, I would say that, dare say that you're actually that lighter number. Uh, It's just going to be a matter of maybe dialing in some hydration and, you know, your electrolytes and carbs and and maybe your sleep and stress. So please look at things, you know, week to week, month to month, because trends are where it's at when it comes to weight gain. Now, I talked about what can cause some weight gain. Things that can cause some fat gain, of course, are going to be excessively eating or eating more in a surplus, especially when you're, you know, constantly eating in a surplus consistently for a little bit of a period of time, that can definitely cause some backing, especially as that does accumulate into more of a surplus of calories past your baseline of what you need to kind of just function day in and day out. Okay. So that can certainly cause uh, fat gain. So can just non-activity not really moving, maybe moving less, maybe getting injured and not necessarily moving a part of your body or not exercising how you normally would, that can also cause fat fat gain and weight gain. Okay. So please know there are definitely, while there is a difference between weight gain and fat gain, there can be similar reasons behind them. Okay. Oh, I need a, I need a sip of water. I apologize. Watergate over here, but my suggestion here is, again, look at the trends of your weight, if that is important to you. 
But I also urge you to look at other things. How's your energy? How's your performance? How are your measurements on your body? Progress photos. I freaking love progress photos, especially if you take them in the same light, same spot, same clothing, same time of day. Because sometimes not even your measurements can show things. And this is, I've personally experienced this myself as well as with other clients, but sometimes even your circumference measurements, like your waist, thighs, your, your chest, your biceps, calves, things like that. Uh, sometimes those measurements can actually remain the same, but I kid you not, I have seen progress photos side by side. It looks like a different person. And I'm like, holy shit, they've only like lost an inch from their waist, but they look so different because they're increasing their muscle gain. And that muscle makes your body look different, which is another reason you should really lift weights. If you, if that is important to you, of course, I, I, uh, I mean, it's important to me only because I love seeing people feel strong and feel more confident and excuse me, feel, I don't know. They just feel like they can kind of take on the world. And I personally have, have had a great experience with weight training in terms of building my confidence. Cause actually I am a very shy individual originally, like elementary school through high school. I was a very shy individual and I got into theater and I got into, you know, doing a little bit of sports and things like that to try to get me out of this and, uh, did some like leadership roles in high school to get me like unshy basically. But that's also when I started to lift weights a little bit more regularly and it helped me feel more confident and more capable. So I'm a big proponent of lifting weights. I'm not saying you have to, of course, I'm not one of those coaches. That's an asshole that says you have to do something. Um, although I do think you have to be just a good person. I, I, I do wholeheartedly believe in that. Like, please be a good person. Don't be a jerk. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I want everyone to lift weights and feel good and feel more confident. And of course, you know, crush it on a bike and feel like they're not going to crush themselves on the bike. You know, I want them to feel more capable on the bike, but I definitely recommend progress photos because again, you can see those physical changes more clearly in photos than you can sometimes, you know, doing measurements or even especially weight. I mean, I've seen that time and time again, where clients, especially God, I still remember one of my first, first clients I ever had, she, her scale did not budge at all. Like her body weight did not budge at all. And she was already a fairly smaller person anyways. Um, she's fairly petite, but she, I think she weighed like 135, 136 or something like that. And she wanted to get down to 130 and excuse me, goodness. And, um, she didn't get down to 130. I'm just going to tell you right now. She did not. And she was kind of bummed. But then I showed her her progress photos side by side and she was like, holy shit, I didn't even notice it. And then she's like, well, I did actually notice that my pants were kind of fitting a little bit differently in my waist, but I just thought maybe I was stretching them out. Oh my God. Why are we so hard on ourselves? And it wasn't until she saw those progress photos, because keep in mind, it had taken a few months to get to that point and get more muscular and get more fit and just lose that body fat. But she didn't notice it because she sees herself every day. You're not going to notice these changes in your body because you see yourself every day. And because they're so gradual, you're not going to catch them. So please, if you're, if you're trying to do some sort of body change, whatever it is for you, whether it's weight gain, weight loss, muscle gain, whatever it is, I don't care. 
progress photos. Please do yourself a favor, take some baseline photos and then follow up. I'd say like every four weeks at a minimum, take some photos from the front, from your side, and then from your back. I love that. And I also really love like making sure that you can definitely see your belly button in those pictures because belly buttons will metamorphose, metamorphose, whatever the hell the word is. It's been a long day, folks. So bear with me here. My word selection might not be ideal, Um, but your belly button will change. (laughs) is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Please do laugh at me. Um, But again, biofeedback is huge to consider when it comes to weight gain versus fat gain. Again, check in with yourself, check in with your energy levels, your performance, your sleep. Are you getting at least seven to eight hours a night? Do you feel well rested? How's your recovery? What's your average resting heart rate in the morning? How's your mood? Are you moody AF? Great. You might actually need some more food because maybe you're just under eating a little bit too much. Uh, or it might be your hormones or something like that. Um, but again, look at these things, you know, it's important because waking can be influenced by a variety of things that are not necessarily food related. Now food can of course cause weight gain and so can emotions, especially if you don't really have an awareness around your emotions, especially when it comes to stress. Like I mentioned, mentioned earlier, I kind of hinted at that earlier, but stress eating or some, I know some folks when they're extremely stressed, they actually don't eat. So it depends on kind of where you are and, and what your personality is, but it's definitely something to be cognizant of and aware of how you respond. So I'm real big on noticing and naming, you know, what your responses are when you do go to reach for food. So if you do think that maybe your weight gain is truly fat gain and it might be stress related or emotional emotion related, is that, is that a way to say it? It might be emotionally driven, I think is a better way to say it. Thanks for bearing with me, friend. Um, then I think it's a really good idea to try to notice and name what your physical and emotional responses are every time you do try to reach for some food. You know, are you truly hungry? Ask yourself, hey, are you, am I truly hungry? Am I just eating this to fill a void to, because I'm bored, because I'm stressed, because I'm angry, I'm disgruntled. I feel like the world is just losing everything. Whatever it is, be with it, be present with it and name it. So notice what it is and then name it. Stress, anxiety, fear, hunger, you know, uh, post workout hunger, (laughs) whatever it is, name what it is, identify it. And that will take a little bit of power away from it. Okay. And that's of course, probably going to be a whole other podcast episode. Um, but this will hopefully get you to understand that ultimately weight gain does not equal fat gain. Again, I knew I was going to say it at least one more time and, uh, and just know and recognize that and, you know, check out the link in the show notes for the blog that I, I've, I wrote several years ago, as well as the link to the podcast episode. I think it's uh, fuck the scale or something like that. I'll link those things because again, I want to empower you. I want you to realize that your life and you, who you are is not dictated by that number on the scale. And there are ways that you can manipulate your body weight. Should that be important to you? Um, if that, again, I am not here to judge your goals. I think folks who judge uh, other people for wanting to gain weight or lose weight or stay the same or gain muscle. Mm, I think, I think people who judge others and their goals 
might just have too much time on their hand, or uh, they might feel a little bit less secure about themselves. And that's fine. That's totally fine. But please know that, you know, I, I come from a place of love and this is just to show you that you can, you can take up space. It's, it's empowering. And if you want to, if you want to take up more space and you want to gain weight, awesome. High five, do it. That's what I did a couple years ago during the start of the pandemic. I'm like, mm, I'm kind of stressed. I'm going to actually purposefully gain weight and I want to. Now I'm kind of taking it off a little bit. So that's all I have for you, friends. I feel like I can kind of ramble for another couple minutes, but I'm not going to just to save you. But I want you to recognize that, again, weight gain does not equal fat gain. Look at the parts of the metabolism that I talked about. Again, that's the BMR, your basal, basal metabolic rate, the amount of calories your body burns at rest, your NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is the amount of calories your body burns through like normal activity in the day, cleaning, walking, chores, cooking. Third, your thermic effect of food, the amount of calories your body burns through digestion, ding, 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 protein, and then eat, exercise activity thermogenesis, the amount of calories you burn through exercise. Those are the four ways you can kind of change your metabolism a little bit and, and alter things and, and keep it flexible. Um, but you can influence how many calories you burn in each of these you know, categories by moving more, eating more protein, lifting more. All of those statements are more. They're not less. I'm not asking you to eat less. I want you to eat, I want you to eat more protein. I want you to I want you to serve your body more. So I want I want you to take away that, all right? I love you all. Seriously, I appreciate you being here from the bottom of my flipping heart. And I love your support. If you really resonated, if, you, if this episode resonated with you, please, I would love it if you would share it on the socials and tag me. That way I can reshare it and get some more traction to your page. Um, and of course, just share in the love because that makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. And yeah, if you're ready to get shredded and, and get strong, and by shredded, I don't mean like, you know, six pack abs or anything. But if you want to get shred strong, check out my shred strong program, hashtag shred strong program. Link is going to be in the show notes. That is being kicked off October 10th for the new phase. This is going to take us through fall and winter. You can purchase six months at once, or you can purchase month to month. This is the program that I follow for strength. I freaking love it. I've been testing some stuff recently that are going to be in the new, um, the new phase starting in October. I love this group. This is seriously like my favorite thing to do. And I can't wait to get through my master health coaching certification in the next week or two because, oh my gosh, I've been feeling like like I haven't had enough conversations with folks in the group. Um, but that ah, I love these people. Like I love this group. I, so many PRs are seen in this group, whether it's running, biking, just life PRs with their kids, whatever it is. And I love seeing that for them because they feel stronger on and off the bike. And that is my goal. That is my flipping life goal is I want you to feel strong and empowered and more. I want you to feel like more because you can be. Again, link is in the show notes. Much love to you all. Thank you again for being here and giving me a listen. And uh, I will catch you next week. <laughs>